0: Well, I'm excited to uh, share the word with you today. How many people have been watching the Olympics? I show hands, just raise your hand. You've been watching the Olympics, kind of stay in tune. Uh, It's pretty awesome, isn't it? You know, I think if I were in the Olympics, I would want to be the men's freestyling aerialists in the ski competition, right? That's what I would like to do. Those things are pretty cool is do like, whatever, 50 spins and twists and all that on those skis, and then they just land perfectly. What would you like to be? If you were in the Olympics, what would be your, what would be your event? And the thing that I was thinking about uh, as I've been watching a lot of the Olympics over the last couple of weeks is it's so inspiring to see these athletes uh, competing at the level they are. I mean, every time you watch an event, you know you're watching the best in the entire world. And it's, it's so amazing, like some of the times that you you see these athletes, they've actually been training and preparing since they were like little bitty kids. You know, I was looking, Katie and I were talking, we're like, well, you know, Bella, she's 6 We'd be like, she's already behind the gun, you know, if she was going to be an Olympic athlete, she's already behind the curve, because a lot of these athletes have started at two, three, four years old, preparing for the things that they aspire to do, and I think one of the most uh, inspirational parts about it is that when we see the best in the world, we, we are aware of the fact that we're watching people that have pushed themselves to the very limits of physical ability, of talent and skill. I mean, they are all the way on the edge of what the human capabilities are when it comes to these types of uh, athletic performances, endurance, energy, all of those kinds of things. And uh, I I find that very inspirational, you know. But at the same time, knowing what the Word of God is, knowing what the Bible says, I also have this understanding that even at our greatest points, even at our most... uh, advanced and impressive physical performances that we can get to. Really, we're still very limited and very frail and very weak in terms of our abilities as a a human being. Uh, We're no match for the enemy and what he has planned to destroy our lives when it comes to our physical abilities, our natural skills or talents or energy or anything like that. I like the way David put it in Psalm 39.5, we'll put that up, he says, indeed you have made my days as hand breasts and my age is as nothing before you. Certainly every man at his best state is but vapor. And so I'm just trying to kind of bring this in perspective, you know, I not to take away from anything that the Olympics, those athletes, or even incredible human performances and different things, but just to say and, and, and kind of build a foundation here that we can achieve the greatest things imaginable in our natural abilities. And we've seen over time that the limits of those things continue to advance and move and get pushed further and further as time goes on. But yet at the same point, we realize here that... As children of God, it's important to understand if we're looking only at the arena of our physical attributes, we are limited, we are weak, we are frail, and we are incapable of achieving and fulfilling the great promises that God has ordained for our life, with that only being the source, our physical attributes. But the great thing is, as children of God, that we're not just merely physical beings. That's not All there is to us. We've actually got the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, living on the inside of us. If we've given our life to Christ and surrendered to Him and made Him Lord over our lives, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us. So we're not merely just physical beings With all of our natural talents and abilities, we're actually children of God living with his divine nature on the inside of us. So that's a powerful thought, right? Because when God sent his Holy Spirit to live on the inside of us, he sent all of himself. See, God... We are we are limited we are changing, developing you know always evolving in fact everything in creation is that way. God is the only one of which is uncreated and so he is unlimited in his power and his abilities he's, he's fullness of love, he's fullness of mercy, fullness of joy he's all of these things, all of his attributes all the time. God's not he was never, less merciful and now he's more merciful and he'll never be more faithful or more powerful. He's just always been all that he is. And so here's the powerful thing. When God sends his Holy Spirit to live on the inside of you, he sends himself. And so he sends himself in fullness. So we don't just get a little piece of God. We don't get a little diminished portion of God or part of his power or part of his abilities or part of his everything else that he is. We get him in fullness. Everything that he is comes and lives on the inside of us in its full state. The Bible says in John 3 that 34, I believe it is, that God doesn't give the spirit by measure. He doesn't give it in lesser or greater proportions. He just gives his spirit to his children. And so in his fullness, he's living in us. So we're physical beings. We're limited in the natural. We know that. But God, in his fullness, in his limitless nature, is on the inside of us, unchanging, and will always be that way. Will never be less. Will never be more. He just is God all the time in us. That's a powerful thought because we know that the Bible tells us that the power of God is going to flow through us and that we can operate in the gifts of the Spirit and the things that God has chosen for our lives as we move forward, that he will equip us and empower us to fulfill those things. I love the way that A.W. Tozer puts it. He says, how completely satisfying to turn from our own limitations to a God who has none. And that is, that's probably the best way to say this is, you know, we can achieve good things. We can do a lot of awesome things on our own as far as maybe the world is concerned in comparison that way. But, but God is unlimited. We'll always reach the edge of ourselves. We'll always reach a point where we can go no further in our own abilities. You and I are all the same and every other person that walks the face of this earth, we're all the same in that manner. But God is totally unlimited and he is unchanging in us all the time. And so I think about that and I think, well, how much of our lives do we live through the focus or through the lens of our own limited abilities as opposed to focusing on the limitless nature and power of God that's inside of us? And so this is our what-if series, right? And this is our 30-day challenge. And so my what-if question that I would pose or present today Is what if we lived our entire lives? What if, right, we lived our entire lives based upon the abilities of God and His fullness in us, as opposed to maybe being swayed or retracting back to the things that we believe God is calling us to do because we're focused on the physical limitations that this natural body presents to us as we move forward? What if we lived in such a way that we were always driven and always moving because we recognize God's power and abilities and not necessarily looking to, to hope that our own measure up or match up to the things that we're aspiring to do for God? Amen? So. When God speaks his promises to us, when he speaks his promises in the word, when he gives us visions for our lives, he shows us the steps that he's ordered for us and where to go. He is speaking these things to us by his spirit and we are receiving them in our spirit. There's no physical thing happening here necessarily in order to do that. The Bible says in in 1 Corinthians 2 that the things that are spiritual are spiritually discerned. So when God is showing us his promises in the word, he's showing us who he is, he's showing us what he has for our life, when we're receiving those, we're receiving those in our spirit. It's, It's a spiritual connection, right? It's happening in the realm of the spiritual, not on the natural. And the reason I say that is because... We're limited physical beings, and here we are in the natural, but God in the supernatural is speaking his plans to us and his promises to us. So it only stands to reason that through the spiritual, through his power, would be how those things are able to be accomplished and be fulfilled, not in the natural, not in the physical. So what happens, I think, a lot of times is that people, you know, they think about, they they, they hear what God has got for them, in their lives, and they, they hear the promises of God, and and you know, you're excited, you're ready to move forward in faith. And somewhere along the line, we we happen to stop and sort of survey what's needed for this vision or what's needed for this walk, this life, and we start surveying ourselves, and there's just this, this gross imbalance, it just doesn't match up. You know, my physical abilities and this plan that God has for my life, it's just too drastically different. And so we shrink back because we get focused more on the physical, on the natural abilities, and lose sight of the limitless nature of God in us. thats the whole way we're going to accomplish what he's giving us to do anyway. Nothing in the physical, but we as human beings, we, we don't always necessarily walk that way. We shrink back and we, and we kind of limit ourselves to accomplishing what God has got for us because we see the, the imbalance that's there between ourselves and what God has for us. But what we have to do as we have to come to a point where we separate ourselves. We have to separate ourselves from moving and, and, and walking and acting towards those things that God has for us based upon our physical abilities. We have to separate those two things because this physical ability, all my limitations, have nothing to do with whether God can accomplish his plans through me or not. It has everything to do with the limitless power of God that's in me. And so I have to look at what God's promises are in the Bible. I have to look at the things that he's told me he's going to do for me in my life and through me. And I have to to separate myself from looking at this physical shell because every time I do, I'm going to shrink back. And it just doesn't match up. It doesn't line up. It's too much of an imbalance. The great things of God require God in order to fulfill them. There's not the physical ability to carry them out. He spoke them by his spirit. We receive them in our spirit, and they will be fulfilled by the spirit, not in the physical department. God never intended for you to accomplish in the natural what he purposed to be accomplished by his spirit. And so we have to continue to come to the end of ourselves and the end of our abilities in order to f- see God fully move in his power, in his might, in our lives. You know, in the book of John, John the Baptist, whenever he was talking about the Messiah had come, I love the way he says, He must increase, but I must decrease. And can I tell you that this is how I feel all the time when I'm looking at the things that God is purposing to do in my life. And I know I'm following after what he wants to do. I get to the end of myself, the end of my energy, the end of my time, the end of my resources, you name it. I get to the end of it. But then God. There's the edge, there's me, but after that is the power and might of God and the rest of the God-ordained purposes and plans for my life that I just need to get to the end of myself and decrease and step off so that he can increase in power and might. We must come to the end of ourselves on a continual basis in order to step out of ourselves and into the place where God can operate and only he can hold us up. There's nothing left in us that can accomplish what we're trying to accomplish out here past the realm of our physical abilities. Only God can hold us up and accomplish those things at that moment in time. So as we come to our, our own limitations and we realize our, our, uh, the imbalance and we're exposed for that, these are places of opportunity for God to be able to move in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 through 10, Paul says a couple things here. He says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. He's talking, God's saying this. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Then he goes on to say, for when I am weak, then I am strong. What's he saying? He's basically saying that when we are at the end of our abilities and exposed for our weaknesses and our limitations, yet we still step out and things get accomplished and all of a sudden amazing things begin to happen and people can see that's not possible, how is that happening? How is that, how is that there's no way. But, be, but in those moments in our weaknesses is when God's strength becomes so evident in our lives and to people around us. I want to be at the edge of my abilities. I want to fully use myself up and get all the way out there to the edge and then step off to where God is the only solution, the only reason, and the only answer that anybody has for why these things are being accomplished. And if we don't get to the end of ourselves, if we don't go all the way and just use ourselves up and give God everything we have and, and so then we can reach the point where we're weak and we're frail and we're exposed and then God can just move it. And don't get me wrong, he's with us all the time. But in those moments when we come to the end of ourselves and we can decrease and he can increase, then the power of God begins to move mightily through our lives. And it is undeniable as a witness and a testimony to the world around us and those that God is using us to influence. You see, God only wants all of us, not what we can't be. He's not concerned with you becoming some amazing physical specimen of your abilities, of your energy, of your resources, of your time. It is, I mean, it's good you know, to aspire to always grow and get better, but you know, I think you get my point. God is God. I mean, he, he's... Beyond anything we can imagine, we can't reach a point where we can do the great things of God in our own abilities. He just needs all of us. He just needs all of us. He doesn't need what we can't be. He doesn't need us to be beyond what we're capable of in order for his plans to be fulfilled. He just needs us to be all of us and give him all of ourselves and be used fully so that he can begin to move in his power and might and, and, and show himself for who he is in our lives. It's one of the most amazing witnesses and testimonies to see a life of someone that's being lived for God and amazing things are happening. And, and what I have found is that behind the scenes, every time when you really begin to get to know people, is that they are just giving God all that they have, but there is a peace and a steadiness and a calmness. Because it's almost like you're in awe all the time because like, I mean, I can't do this. God is amazing, you know. It's it's all God. But they're 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 giving God all that they have, day in and day out. They're not idling down to you know two or three on the on the effort scale, and then okay, I hope God shows up because it takes a ten to do this. They're giving God everything they have, and then God is going to make up the difference. Right? We have to lay ourselves out fully, exhaust ourselves in the physical. And that means a lot of different things. So, you know, I don't go through tons of examples of what it is and what it isn't. But my point is, is we exhaust ourselves in our physical abilities. We come to the end of ourselves. We allow our, ourselves to be used up by God. We do everything in our own power and our own, you know, our own strength that we can, knowing that it's never going to be enough and God is going to continue to make up the difference. I love in this story in 2 Samuel chapter 23. Verses 9 and 10 in the Message Bible, we're talking about David's mighty men here of valor. And this is towards the end of David's life. And he's, he's giving account for the lives of these amazing warriors. And uh, Eliezer, the son of Dodai, I believe is how you pronounce that, the Ehohite, was the next of the elite three. He was with David when the Philistines poked fun at them uh, at the demim When the Philistines drew up for battle, Israel retreated. But Eliezer stood his ground and killed Philistines right and left until he was exhausted. But he never let go of his sword. Physically exhausted at the end of himself, slaying hundreds of Philistines. How is that possible? It's not in the natural. It's impossible, right? No one could kill hundreds of people. But he never let go of his sword. He was fully exhausted, but he never let go of his sword. As I was studying this and I was praying, God spoke to me and he said, he said he never let go of his sword. And do you know in the armor of God, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. I can be fully exhausted, but never let go of the word of God. Never let go of my sword. I can be on my face in the mud, on my knees, bleeding, holding my sword holding the promises of God, holding the authority of God that reigns, the kingdom of heaven that reigns in me in my life. I can hold on to that thing no matter how to the end of myself I am in any situation. And the word of God will prevail every time. You know, when David faced the giant, Goliath, he was all the way out there, man. I mean, he was at the end of himself like, I don't know if there's a better example, really, but he takes off his armor that Saul gives him. He just does away with that. Walks out, however short and scrawny he is as a little teenage boy, faces what was probably the largest man that any person in the world had ever seen at that time, most certainly probably the greatest warrior. He steps out on a battle. I mean, he's dead if God doesn't show up, right? He's done. He's done. And he puts that rock in that sling, and look, the moment that he lets go of that rock, he's finished with his physical abilities. There's nothing more that he can do for this situation. It's all God here. And I believe God, that that rock hitting him directly in the skull, crushing his head, killing him, or laying him out so that he could cut off his head, that's all God. David was at the edge of himself. And he was in full faith too, wasn't he? I mean, he wasn't like cowering down. He was, he was in faith and in strength because he knew what God had spoke to him. He knew that this was defying the Lord God and that he, had a, he was standing in victory over that thing. And when he let go of that rock, man, that thing, it was all God. He was all the way out on the edge. When he stepped out there, he was dead if God didn't show up. He was dead. He was finished. Also... The story of Moses in Exodus 17 when they're battling the Amalekites and Joshua is is down with the battle and Moses is up on the mountain and he's holding up his staff. And when he holds up his staff, his arms, the armies of Israel are defeating the Philistines. They're winning. When he lets his arms down, they start losing so he gets his arms up but you know what happened he couldn't hold his arms up anymore and so Aaron and her they came up to help support his arms but my point is Moses was fully exhausted he did everything he could possibly do in his own strength he had nothing left it was his arms were falling there was no energy there and God made provision, you know, Aaron and her, they came, they helped him support his arms up and his arms were up and the victory was won. How many times in our lives are we stepping the things that God has for us or do we look at the promises of God applying to situations in our life and how many times do we take our arms down before we're really used up, before we've really given God all we've got? not knowing that somebody might be right behind us to come in and hold our arms up or that supernaturally God might make provision. That's a picture that I keep in my mind a lot, keeping my arms up until I can't hold them up anymore, knowing somehow God's got a plan for my arms to stay up until the victory is won. And I just want to share this story as I start wrapping up with you, but look, we've all got you know stories that we could probably tell and I think it would apply to something like this, but for Katie and I, when we were we were married and we wanted to have kids, and uh, it actually wasn't easy for us to get pregnant in the beginning, and yeah, I know that sounds crazy. I wish I had time to tell you all the story, but but so it, it wasn't easy for us to get pregnant in the beginning, it really wasn't, and so Katie had to go to a fertility doctor and. They put her on this medication and supposed to help with fertility, you know. And so we end up uh, after a few months, it went really well and got pregnant. And we had Bella, and you know we wanted a bigger family, so we were ready to start trying again after Bella was I don't know, almost a year or whatever. And so it's back on the the medication, you know. And in the second time, it wasn't so easy. It didn't go so smoothly. In fact, she got all the way up to the heaviest dosage that you could get of the medicine, and it was like, really messing with her, and I had to be a great husband through all that, I gotta tell you. No, it, no, it was really, it was challenging for both of us. We really, uh, we we really got challenged, you know, in our faith, and we, we walked through some things through that, but man, I'm thankful for it, because God taught us so much. But after about a year of trying, and it was getting hard, you know. Well, Maybe this isn't, what, is this our desire? Is this our thing? We felt like God wanted us to have a big family, you know. We were uh, on our anniversary. We were down at the lake. I'll never forget this. And we were driving home from dinner. And we'd actually been fighting um, at dinner or whatever in the car. And uh, so it was quiet. It was total silence. Coming home, she had been giving me, you know, an attitude. You with, You know what I mean, Josh? You with me on that? Uh, When I crash, I like to take people with me. (laughs) So, anyway, we're driving down the Lake Road, and I don't know this, but she's praying to God, and she's just saying, God, look, you know what? If this really isn't your plan, okay, just show me. I want to let it go if it's not your plan for us. But if it is your plan, because she's like, "Would would you just show me a sign? would you let us see a deer because i was looking for deer i'm always looking for deer you know when we're driving around in the on the by the woods and stuff and within like 30 seconds a doe and two fawns two baby fawns walk out and they run across the road in front of us and i'm like oh that's awesome you know and i have no idea i mean she's probably like in awe beside herself you know she couldn't she didn't talk we get to the house, and so she starts to tell me the whole story. And how God, she's like, God, those deer? She's like, it was God, you know. And told me what she was praying. And I was like, well, maybe we're supposed to have twins. Right? I mean, you know the end of this story, so. but <laughs> I was like, maybe we're supposed to have twins. If that was God, then that was the sign, you know. And we began to believe that that was God's promise. And that he was speaking to her, and that he was showing us what he had for us. And so... It was like three months later, and we were pregnant. And we go to the doctor, and he's, he's taking a look at all the stuff on there. And, and it was some point after we found out we were pregnant. And sure enough, there's two. There's twins there. And it was just like, I mean, you talk about knowing you're in the presence of God, that, you're, that just God is all God, you know. And so he's, but then he begins to kind of go through this, uh, you know, breakdown with us of how this, the second fetus is not going to make it. Most likely it's not going to make it. It's too small. It's nowhere near developed like the first fetus. The first fetus is healthy. It's going to make it. But the second one, he was just kind of setting us up, I think, you know. And I didn't hear that, really. I didn't. I'm not saying I was like some great person of faith. I wasn't at that time, but. I knew, at that particular point, my faith was, was there. I'd seen God already too much through this, you know? And so we leave, and we were so thrilled and excited, but there was this moment, and this is what I've been kind of building up to, there, there was this moment where it was like, well, should we tell people, you know, that there's twins? Because like, what he's saying, when we come back next month, there won't be in, is it? And I was just like, and it just, all of a sudden, man, the faith just came up. It was like, now we're going to tell everybody, and so we made those calls and we started telling everybody, "There's twins, there's twins," just like we thought, you know, and uh, and for us, that was that point where that rock flew out of the sling, because after that, we were done. We were done. Nothing left in ourselves that could have that could have finished that story but God, but God, right? All the way out, all the way at the place where we're fully used up, where only God can hold us up. Only God can finish the vision, can finish the purposes that he was the one that birthed to begin with. That was where we were. And as as that lesson in our lives set in, I have been able to see that thing, that type of pattern in our lives so many more times over since then. I know when I get to the place when I'm walking with God and I'm at the edge of myself and all I got to do is step out there and I've got nothing left of me, but only God can hold me up. And look, I'm not saying that we just throw ourselves recklessly into things because we just and just wait to see God show up. I'm saying we know what God's plan for our life is because we're so close to him, because we spend time with him, because we get to know our father and he speaks to us and he shows us the great and mighty things that he has planned for us and then we know the purposes and the will that he has for our lives and we will walk right off a cliff and not give it a second thought because he will be the one holding us up and finishing what he was the one that purposed to begin with amen. amen so what if what if we just continuously step off the realm of our natural abilities and just continue to allow God to finish the things that he wants to do in us because we're walking in the places of where it requires supernatural ability and power and all the things that God has put in us and himself to fulfill and to accomplish. And we didn't cower back or restrict ourselves or, or just lessen the things that we're trying to do because these physical limitations become so evident and so intimidating sometimes to us when we take our eyes off of the fullness of God that's living on the inside of us. And we focus too much on the limitations of this natural person that we that we are. What if we live the rest of our lives like that? Can you only imagine what God would accomplish? Maybe he'd part the Red Sea. Maybe he'd make the sun stand still. What if? I love the way this quote, and I'll wrap up with this. Emma Bombeck says, she says, when I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have a single bit of talent left and I could say, I used everything you gave me. I just want to be so used up in the physical that the demonstration of the supernatural is that much more visible in my life. I really do. I really do. Because I know that God is unlimited and He is limitless. And it, and being at the edge of myself, vulnerable, and stepping out where God is the only one that can hold me up. You know the beautiful thing? It doesn't put you in chaos. It doesn't put you in disarray. It doesn't make you a nervous wreck. It doesn't make you a ball of stress. It is a place of beautiful grace and peace and just the sweet presence of God where you can just stand in awe all the time and just say... You are so good, God, because there is no way. There is no way that, that I could have did this. And I am enjoying every step.